Hello, I'm Cesar Martinez and this is the Globe Tours podcast. Every week I'll be talking with someone who has lived abroad to hear their experiences about what it's like to be a foreigner living in another country. Today's guest is Alisa. Originally from Indonesia, Alisa moved to Brighton, UK at the age of 18 to complete a foundation year before moving to Nottingham in 2019 to attend the, the Nottingham Trent University and study decorative arts. <laughs> Alisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> let's talk about moving to the United Kingdom. Right? Yeah. So first, why did you decide to move to the UK in the first place? Um, it's funny because I've never been to the UK before, but my heart just told me to do so, and mm. it's the best decision ever. Yeah. Um, I've made so many great memories, a lot of great friends, and yeah, I'm still waiting for the next adventure to come. Yeah, that's great. Hmm. So, you know, before you came to the United Kingdom, did you yeah. have any preconceptions about what life would be like or what the UK mm. would be like? Like, for example, I remember um, as a kid watching Harry Potter and watching, you know, popular media. I remember in 2012, One Direction was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and all of this, oh, these yeah. things, yeah, they just like built this image of Britain for me. Mm. And that's kind of like what I came to expect. So do you have any of those? Um, no, I've, I've always thought... Um, England is like a great place to study and especially art um, is not that appreciated back home and so I decided to came here um, so that I could pursue my dreams and yeah find someone who appreciates art um, yeah. especially there's so many museums in UK which I love going yeah. to it's endless um, so yeah it's like better than my expectations really yeah that's great um Actually, you can relate to that mm. in in a way because history is that Britain has a long culture of history. So many, yeah. yeah. So it's like a good place to study just not just British history, but just world history in general. Yeah, was was the UK up to your expectations? Definitely, like, it's yeah. way better than my expectations. Yeah, I for me one of the shocks, ironically, yeah. was diversity. Mm. Yeah, in Mexico we didn't. Mm, Mexico's are like a diverse place, but in the city that I was born, there wasn't like a lot of black people or yeah. Asians. And then in my international school, I I did. There was a lot more diversity, yeah. but there were still not many like people from like Africa or people from like African mm. descent. So that I. When I came to the UK, it was like the the first time I actually saw like, um, it feels weird to say, mm -hmm. but like um, like black people, you know, yeah. and and it's not like I came here and I was like, oh my god, black people, but it was just like a little bit of like a shock because mm -hmm. I was like, this is the first time I actually have like this diversity. And I actually I agree with you with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're a foreigner, um, and you. Uh, visit Indonesia is like they will treat you as an artist or something mm. or like a celebrity because it's like rare we don't see it a lot yeah, yeah. so I totally agree with that mm. yeah it was it's a good shock yeah yeah um so you know what was the the hardest thing mm. about 
leaving Indonesia and coming to the UK because you know it, it is yeah. it's a big difference it's a big life yeah. move um, I would say my family mm. is like a big factor yeah. um, it's really hard because like when I was in the airport I was so excited to just like start a new chapter in my life um, go to a foreign country and just like build his life there, build a story. But yeah. then I cried my eyes out in the plane just thinking that I'm not gonna see my family in a long time. And I was sick, I was like homesick for like uh, the first year I was in the UK, but then yeah. it became easier over time. Okay. Um, because there are so many supportive people around as well. And yeah, I would say the other thing is food. Oh my oh, God, food, I yeah. miss Indonesian food so much. Yeah. Um, it's just different. Like I try to cook it myself, and it's like sometimes it's not the same. Not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Home no, cooked food. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I. Yeah. <laughs> On the food thing, like I try to also cook Mexican, but sometimes the ingredients you don't have all of them, mm. especially with, like spices and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered like this one time, like in Brighton, um, a lady invited us to. She was Indonesian. She cooked mm. Indonesian food for us, and I haven't had Indonesian food in a long time. It was home cooked food, and when I like first tried it, I yeah. almost like cried, like oh, I almost shed a tear because I was like, "Oh my god, I miss home so much." Yeah, but yeah. I have I have these family friends in in Warwick, mm. and they're a British Mexican family. Mm. And whenever I go, they always like cook Mexican food. Aww. Um, and it's for me, it's kind of just like yes. <laughs> I miss this. Yep. Yeah. You know, you were talking about mm. being homesick, yeah. right? You know, for me, when I was in China, mm -hmm. I feeling homesick. I kind of came to, it came to a point where I was like almost rejecting China. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't like China. I want to go back to Mexico. Like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah. Was it similar for you in the sense of like, you kind of wanted to go back to Indonesia or was it just like, I miss home, but I want to be here? Actually, it's more of a, I miss home, but I want to be here. Mm. I think um, living-wise, um, I prefer to live in the UK. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, if my family were to live in the UK, um, I guess like all, is, all will be well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have thought about like moving my family out here, but yeah. it's, it's hard. So let's talk about studying yep. in the okay. UK. Because when you came here for foundation year, mm -hmm. year that was study, and then you went into university. Yeah. Right. Um. So first, mm -hmm. did you already speak English when you came to the UK? Um. Yeah. So my parents spoke to us in English since I was little, really. So okay. yeah. Um, I spoke Bahasa in English, and I grew up um, learning English as well in school. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think, you know, in one of the important things about integrating to a new culture is really being able to understand that language. And yeah. If you don't understand the language, it's, it makes it that much difficult for you yeah, to, to do it. And I think for me, the reason why like, I was rejecting China that extent was because on the one hand I didn't speak Chinese yeah. and on the other I didn't speak English that well mm. so I wasn't integrating to my school or like Chinese society so I was like just rejecting that but you know it's 
it's good to you know come with the language already mm -hmm. um, developed. It's definitely an advantage, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, can you just for those who don't know, yeah, uh, explain what a foundation here in the UK is? Um, yeah, so. Because I have to take a national exam in Indonesia, um, I don't have, I don't, I don't do a A levels or IB. Yeah. I have to take foundation first before applying university, mm -hmm. and so I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in art as well. And so I think foundation is like really helpful mm -hmm. because um, in that year I decided to do um, decorative arts. Um, whereas before I was like all over the place, I was thinking of taking illustration, yada yada yada, but yeah, it really helped me a lot. Yeah. So, how did you transition, you know, coming from Indonesia and the Indonesian education mm. system mm. to the British education system? I would say Indonesia's education is more structured, mm. um, you have to follow a set of rules, um, a lot of memorizing, whereas like in the British education system, um, they expect you to like... Um, it's more liber liberal, yeah. so yeah, just like think out of the box and solve your own problems, which I like. Yeah, a lot of critical thinking. Yeah, critical yeah. thinking, exactly. Yeah. So, how would you describe the student body, in the makeup of the student body in foundation year? Um, well, for my college at least, I would say 98% of the students are international students. Okay. Um, which is great because um, I think we're we're all in the same boat. We're far away from home, and so yeah, I get to learn a lot of their cultures as well. And yeah, we really get we really get along with each other. No, it's good. Mm. So would you say that having that international environment and those people who had a similar experience to you? made it easier to acclimatize to living in the UK? Yeah, definitely, because I think, um, like I said, like, um, we're all in the same boat, and so, and we're far away from home, and we ha we're all alone, we have nobody um, here, so I guess, like, it just naturally, we just, like, um, try to find and socialize with other people, mm. and so, like, I remember my first day, I started making so many friends, because, like, people just come up to each other and started talking, because, um, yeah, we just wanted to feel connected with people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, you know, like, hiring people to share those experiences with you, it does make it easier. It kind of gives yeah. you, like, an immediate support system. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, both in foundation year and university, have you looked out for, you know, communities of other Indonesians yeah. as a way of mm -hmm. maintaining and sharing your culture? Or was that something that you weren't really prioritizing at the time? Mm, well, back in college, it wasn't something I prioritized. Um, I just um, just made friends with um, anybody, really. But I soon realized how important it is, um, starting from university. Yeah. Because um, I feel like with Indonesians, um, we connect a lot because we have the same culture mm -hmm. and um, I with them I feel less homesick. It feels like I'm I'm at home with them. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely um, my mindset changed over the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it you know, the it gets harder mm -hmm. to um, sort of 
when I say get along, but get along with Indonesians on a cultural level the longer you stay out of Indonesia? Um, no, because no. I think I've stayed in Indonesia way longer than I've stayed in UK, in UK. so, yeah. So, okay, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because for me, I, I did try to join, like, Mexican societies and everything. Mm. But it was very oh. difficult for me to actually oh, really? like, get along. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't really, in terms of, like, culture, in terms of, like, popular culture, like, dancing, mm -hmm. songs. Yeah. I didn't know the same things oh. they did. So it was more of a... You know, like, I am Mexican, but I'm yeah. as Mexican as you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so it was difficult, and um, that's why I felt a lot better mm. um, getting along with British British kids, because I, I felt like I could get along better with them culturally. Oh. Do you miss speaking yeah. Spanish? Because, like, sometimes I have this urge to, like, speak Indonesian to someone because yeah. I just missed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do miss speaking Spanish and I watch a lot of Spanish television just mm. so I can like stick, um, get some exposure to it. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I will say I'm guilty of this. <laughs> the second someone starts like, um, show some interest in Spanish. Yeah. I would be just like, you're my person who will share <laughs> any Spanish stuff yeah. to you. Um, yeah. No, for sure, it's like mm. any, any, at the moment, I'm trying to reconnect more with my culture, so yeah. I do try to seek out more Mexican things, but it is difficult for me to, to get along. So, let's move more to living in the UK Yeah. in general. So, can you list three things that you like about living in the UK? Yeah. And three things that you don't like about living in the UK? Um, okay, so like, three things I like about the UK. One, definitely... Um, public transportation. Mm. I would say like everything's so precise and like, yeah. and not like in re relation to that. Like I feel like um, I'm more independent as well because back home I have to re rely on someone to um, take me to places. Whereas here in the UK I could just rely on like buses. They're like they could take me anywhere really. Yeah. And like um, it's I could walk anywhere, so that that's really nice and. Yeah, I feel more independent and like I can do my own stuff. The second thing is um, definitely parks and like museums mm. yeah. because we don't have a lot of that back home. It's just like I love walking and I love like going for adventures. And so like yeah. parks are so important to me, especially nature. I love for them sure. so much. Um, I think it's because I grew up in a capital city as well. So yeah. all I see are buildings. It's very metropolitan. And no, I... I sympathize with that yeah. because China is also just buildings, buildings, buildings. Mm. And they do try to make more parks. Yeah. But they're like, you can tell they're man-made parks. Yeah. They have like a exactly. pad yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And here in the UK, you have places like, like within the city, you have a lot of parks and everything. Mm. But even national parks are not too far away. Like the Peak District is not too far away no, from London. Yeah. And you can just go out there for a nice, like, day stroll. Mm. And it's, like, wild. <laughs> like, it's the wilderness, technically. Yeah. And it's more rocket and it's more, like, yeah. natural. And, yeah, it's nice. I would agree because, like, um, back home weekends for us are just, like, uh, movie theaters or restaurants. Mm. That's basically it. Yeah, so just... I do appreciate. And, like, museums, oh, my God, they're endless. No, I love, <laughs> love British museums. Oh, my God, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, the last one I would say is um, 
meeting uh, a lot of people from different cultures as well mm. and like um, learning about their backgrounds yeah. um, I met so many great people and I would say like I'm more disciplined and responsible because I'm here by myself so I do have to take care of myself yeah yeah that's true like it is an added responsibility of like taking care of yourself as a human being yeah um both physically and mentally and i agree 100 percent. yeah yeah three things i dislike uh number one um maybe the weather um for sure yeah everyone who's like not from the uk even people from the uk don't like uk weather yeah i think well it's not something i'm used to i guess but i mean when it's a sunny day i'm like cheering i'm like yay oh my god it's sunny um but yeah i mean it's summer and i'm still wearing a jacket i haven't wore a beanie once so yeah no, it's, yeah i really find it hilarious when it's sunny it can still be cold but if it's yeah. sunny people will just be walking around without shirts true <laughs> it's the funniest thing i've ever seen but it's like the one thing though i do like the cold weather I prefer the cold weather rather than like the hot, heated, humid yeah. weather back home. So I don't know, but yeah. I, I will say that I do like wearing jackets. Yeah. Because they're so fashionable. Yeah, kind of. And you can like, they can, you can do so many combinations. And mm. I do like the, the cold because of that. Yeah. I don't like the cold in general. I would say like sp- like spring is like the best. It is. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and yeah, yeah the I would say like um, the second one is probably everything is much more expensive here in the UK, whereas like um, you know like for prop like for a meal you could get it for just literally one pound back home, whereas here yeah. all you can get is like a candy bar for one pound or like yeah, a cookie. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and we were just talking about like traveling costs as well and. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, it's so mad. Even in, and it makes no sense either because I was looking at trains from um, not to Manchester or Liverpool Mm -hmm. and they go up from like, they can cost up to 60 like a pound. And you're like, it's a like a one hour train (laughs) ride. Especially even to London, it could cost like 60 quid, which is like insane. It's really ridiculous. Yeah. And they're not even that fast. They're kind of like slow. <laughs> I will say though that it has its own charm, like the yeah. trains and everything. They have like that British charm to them. I would say, yeah. So I would say that's one thing. It does restrict my traveling a bit because I, I am saving up on money. So, and I couldn't travel as much with the train. So yeah. I do have to like think of a solution, which is like take the bus. But like, it's, mm. it's so long. It is. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um,. And another thing? Yeah, I think that's three already. Oh, those are the three? Yeah, okay. I think so. <laughs> that's, that's fine then. Okay. Um, when, when we talk about living abroad, mm-hmm. we, get, we see it as a predominantly positive thing. Yeah. And it is. And I think we, but I think we do that at the expense of discussing the, the negative aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being a foreigner... Mm-hmm. You're an obvious target for things like racism and discrimination. Yeah. So, you know, if you're okay talking about it in the podcast. Yeah. Have you experienced any of that being here in the um, UK? Yeah, I would say, like, one thing, like, the biggest thing I've realized was, like, people sometimes assume I can't speak English really well. Mm. And so it, it does build, like, a bit of an insecurity in me because, like, 
um, when I when I sometimes like when I speak English with them, they were like, "Oh my god, your English is superb! Like, where do you learn English?" And I was like, "Yeah, like I learned from back home." Yada yada. Yeah. But I think that's like like the one thing like people assume like I don't speak English well, and so sometimes they they won't come up to me and they won't talk to me because of that. Yeah. And I do like um, I experience some um, racist racism like discrimination, but. It all happened after COVID, so I don't really blame them. But like at the same time, um, I've never experienced anything before, anything like that before COVID. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like brushed it off my shoulder, but it does like take a toll on me. Like it has an like a, quite a great impact. Um, yeah. yeah, I try to not think about it, but like sometimes I am like scared. Like especially like during the early COVID times, I am scared to like go out because like I'm afraid. And like I'm eye eyeballing every person, like yeah. as a precaution. Like, are they gonna say something mean to me or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, as as a foreigner, you have to be more astute to that kind of thing because everyone knows that racism exists everywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah. But there are situations where something happens and it gets a lot worse. So, for example, COVID brought mm-hmm. out a lot of um, anti-Asian yeah. racism. Mm-hmm. And then even something that you think wouldn't bring out too much racism, like England playing the finals in the in the Euros, yeah. still brought out racism. Yeah. Right? So I think, um, especially with that situation, I, I was watching a lot of videos of people who were, like, watching it. Mm-hmm. And when the, the black players failed to score the penalties. Oh, you're right, and you yeah. just you would like see them just starting to run out of clubs because they, yeah. they knew they were gonna like people yeah. were gonna like start being racist. To me that was like that's that sucks that they could so anticipate sad. that yeah. situation. But I think you, you do learn to like anticipate those kind of True. things. Um Yeah, I know it's Yeah, I've heard of that actually. Like it's really, really sad that yeah. This kind of thing still happens in like this modern age, like yeah, this exactly. era. Even like, for me, like, cause I can pass as like white. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, no. So on in on terms of like um, skin color, mm. I don't get any racism. Yeah. Any racism I have experienced is from like a national level, like mm-hmm. of where I was born, where I'm from. Yeah. But during the Euros finals. Because Italy was the one that won. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Italian people who were saying, like, I'm scared to go outside. Like, my, my husband told me not to speak Italian outdoors just yeah. in case. And then I started to think to myself, like, crap, I can't speak Spanish outdoors for a while. Mm. Because a lot of people get... Because Spanish and Italian are so similar. Yeah. So, like, they will get them confused. Oh. And I was just like, I can't. Even with the flag, I had the... Um, I have a Mexican flag. And I had the flag close to my window. Yeah. But the eagle was hidden, and it was just green, white, and red. And even I saw, I saw that, and I was like, "Crap! I should put that flag away just in case." And it's just those kind of things that you think like a lot of people would say, like, "Oh, you're thinking too much into it," but it can happen, and it does happen. And it's just sad that that we even have to think like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, let's talk about COVID okay. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you've been in the UK for the entirety of the pandemic. Um, no, you've gone. No, home. actually, I've gone home. So yeah. I went back home from March 2019 till September 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this talk a little bit about that experience going from traveling from the UK to yeah. Indonesia in, in terms of like. Because it was the early pandemic era. Yeah, I would say, like, um, it, it was really scary um, at first because, um, yeah, all face masks were sold out. As you see, like, on, like, the source and, like, news, like, everything yeah. sold out, like, soaps and, like, people buying canned food and stuff. Mm. Like, it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I came back home um, and the plane was packed, I was really worried. And, like, when I arrived, I had to isolate immediately from my family and I would say that was like one of the most depressing times because I haven't seen my family in a long time and I like have to isolate for 14 days and yeah it was it was difficult yeah no I I can't imagine so then yeah talk a little bit about the situation in Indonesia so like when it first started Indonesia's like it's quite okay we had a lockdown but our numbers are very very low and so um i i guess people are still quite um chill about it um whereas in the uk the numbers are rising high so yeah yeah. that's the reason why my parents told me like i think it's safer for you to get back to indonesia at that Mm. time Mm. at the time were you worried about being able to come back because obviously you know numbers in the uk were Mm -hmm. going up between march and september um, we had the first lockdown yeah. and it was a, it was a pretty bad first wave. Mm-hmm. So were you worried about Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was so scared that, um, like, especially with like doing my uni online, yeah. um, uh, my parents are quite contemplating whether I should get back to the UK or not because the numbers mm-hmm. are really, really high. But like, I had no choice at all because my course is discontinuing. And mm-hmm. so I could not afford doing my course, which is art online. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's just not gonna work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had like a similar thing. Yeah. But it was, it, it was a difficult time in terms of making those kind of choices. Do I yeah. stay, do I go? Because you couldn't predict what was going to happen, no. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, in a lot of countries, like, for example, in China, I heard that there were a lot of people who blamed foreigners and mm-hmm. people who, who were coming abroad for the virus. In Mexico, like, the wealthy who were able to travel got blamed yeah. for the virus. Did Indonesia see a similar thing where foreigners or people mm-hmm. who were flying in from abroad were being blamed for the virus or um i don't think so i think it's more of like um seeing like you have to take care of yourself first like a lot of people at that time they're still pretty chill and so like i think um in my opinion back home like people are they really follow the rules they wear masks and everything and it's great um but i think like um social distance wise like um we haven't gone through that level yet at that time Mm. um so yeah i think that's how it started to spread and i think like a foreigner did spread like the covid um into into indonesia yeah don't call me on this but i think like yeah i think someone like um from abroad came but yeah that's how it first started yeah like 
to be fair, like, that is how. Oh, well, yes, yeah, technically. technically. <laughs> Someone had to bring it in, but yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I do think um, it was a tough time for yeah for people because you know even now you still have to consider the fact if you're gonna go back home like there's a possibility i can still carry the virus home yeah and so it is like an extra thing you have to consider um but back then we didn't have the testing or anything yeah yeah exactly yeah Mm. so you know you came back to the uk in Mm -hmm. september 2020 was there any difference between your your flight from uh-huh. the UK to Indonesia and Ooh. the flight from Indonesia to the UK. Yep, definitely. So when I came back to the UK, everything was prepared. So mm-hmm. like face masks and shields um, um, are mandatory for yeah. us to be to wear them during the entire flight. Social distancing as well. So I had like nobody besides me, and like I uh-huh. got free seats to myself in the plane, which is awesome in oh, a seventeen-hour flight. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like at that time, um, self isolation is also not mandatory. Mm. Um, but I self isolate anyways because I felt like I'm responsible. Because if I were to have COVID, I don't want to spread it to anyone else, and yeah. like I'm just. Yeah, I just don't want to harm others, so yeah, I just like took the responsibility to self-isolate myself yeah. at home. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, once you came back to the UK, Yeah. Uh, around September 2020, yeah. we were starting to see the, the beginnings of the second wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were talks about going back into lockdown. Yeah. And there was a short one-month lockdown in October, yeah. between October and November. And then we went into like a hard lockdown in January. Oh, that was tough. So mm. yeah, how how were those couple of months between September coming back to the UK? Yeah. And going into hard lockdown. I would I, say like the when I first came to UK, I was still quite lucky because um, I was still allowed to go to uni to go to. Um, go on workshops and yeah. so I'm doing textiles at that time um so that was great but after the lockdown on after January I think yeah. or during January um that was tough because I was studying ceramics mm. and it was all online which is like impossible to do and like a ceramics is all about handcrafting and yeah. like studio practice workshops experimenting but this is all like online and I've had no idea what I did until like I came back again like mid-April mm. like I was blank I didn't know what I was doing but yeah um thankfully like I do have like some of my um friends like she has this flat um yeah. all her all her housemates went back home so it was empty so um okay. the three the four of us it became the three of us um we just moved in with each other and we became our social bubble and just like um we were there for each other because i could yeah. never imagine living alone during the pandemic especially like i have yeah. no uni i have nothing to be like to work on yeah like mentally you have mentally yeah yeah i know i those those months were really tough because mm. i did have one flatmate but you know the there could be like an entire week where we didn't see each other. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely hard, you know, not having that sort of social interaction. Yeah. And what made it even harder was, was when like restrictions were starting to get lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rule, especially like April, May, yeah. the rules were really complicated. So it was like, you, you read the, the rules 
and you're like, I think I'm allowed to meet people. <laughs> yeah. And so you meet yeah. people and then someone would be like, oh my God, you're breaking the rules. Yep, yep. And then it turns out that you weren't, but then you start feeling like, should I still guilty. be treated? Yeah. Because, yeah. And it's just this finding the balance of like, well, I, I know that I have to take care of myself and have to like take care of others. But at the same time, like my mental health cannot take this mm. anymore. Um, yeah, it was a like a tough time. Definitely. Um, yeah, so especially for international students, you yeah. know, it was, I think, not just for international students, but for anyone who had family living abroad mm -hmm. or in another country, um, it was particularly difficult because it wasn't just the, the stress of, you know, I have to take care of myself mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm alone and if something happens to me, I don't have, like, that support system. Yeah. It was also the added worry of, like, my family living in another country. Like, yeah. if things go bad for them, then yeah. it's just... how. So, how do you deal with that added thing? Because, you know, we're used to, in a way, having to call our families, like, yeah. every day and dealing with time differences and all that. But how did you deal with the added dynamic of this global pandemic? Um, I would say, like, me and my family are very close, so, yeah, um, we would just, like, update each other, and, like, simply just, like, a FaceTime really, really helps, um, like, um, they would update me on, um, how things are going back home, yeah. and how things are going here, but sometimes I would, like, tell them, let's just, like, stop talking about COVID, and, like, talk, let's just focus on our minds on something else, yeah. and, like, sometimes it's, like, um, a really nice escape, because, like, talking to my family feels like I'm at home, and, like, um, yeah, we would just talk about other stuff, especially, like, my guinea pig, I miss him so much, um, yeah, so I would just, like, we would, we would talk about him, and, I would, like, see him, and, like, it made yeah. me forgot about COVID, um, so, yeah. Yeah, no. For sure, I, I had the same thing where my mom, at one point, she was like, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Yeah. It's just depressing at this it's point. It's just so depressing. Like, all we talk about now is COVID. And it's yeah, like... it's it's crazy how it so quickly became everything, like our entire lives. I know. Can you imagine it's already been, like, more a year and a half, is it? Like, yeah, so it's been a year. It's crazy. Like, it's... It yeah, feels no, like I'm stuck in a time warp. Like I know, and the craziest thing is like, our lives changed so radically in a year and a half. Yeah. Like literally overnight, you know, we got used to masks and social yep. distancing. You have to bring hand sanitizers like, everywhere. Exactly. Like I have, whenever I go to the gym, I always take like a hand sanitizer yeah. just in case. Um, and even now in the UK with yeah. restrictions lifted and you know, you don't have to wear a mask everywhere. It yeah. still feels weird. It still feels weird. Not having the mask. One thing though, like in the bus, like usually if you sit next to a, other, another person, it's totally yeah. normal. But during the COVID, nobody wants to sit next to you. Yeah. So that's one thing like, oh my God, one minute. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, especially the, the public system, the, the transport system was yeah. weird during COVID. And especially when we started transitioning out of lockdown. Because during the lockdown, nobody wanted to sit next to you on the bus. Yeah. Because that was, like, the rule. Yeah. And then, once we started, like, getting out of lockdown, people, like, started slowly sitting next to each other. Yeah. But it was still, like, should I, should I? Yeah, like, exactly. It becomes, like, a habit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard to break almost. Mm. Yeah. So, before we, we finish up... Yeah. I uh, just want to close with... 
is do you think that it's mm-hmm. it, it's worth living abroad? One hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could get this experience anywhere really. Yeah. Um, I'm just so lucky because my dad. Um, at first he told me like. Um, I don't think I can afford sending you to the UK, but eventually he did, yeah. and like, um, it's it's really touching because um, he wanted to me to experience what he experienced when he went to university in America, yeah. and I'm so grateful and thankful every day for that. And like, actually, one funny thing, like, um, I had my dad called me one time during the pandemic, and he was mm-hmm. like. Um, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of this like you're in your university time and yeah. you didn't get to explore and have fun and live your life and I was like I'm sorry I'm wasting your money <laughs> it's yeah. like um, but I don't know like living abroad like it's amazing like I get to meet so many new people and like I get to learn cultures explore yeah yeah I, I agree I it's an interesting topic you touched on the money thing because yeah i think that goes back to the things we don't talk about no and you know i think when i when i look at for example the tuition fees for international students which are ridiculously expensive here in the uk i i get the feeling that there's almost this this thinking that international students have the money to afford Mm -hmm. studying abroad and the reality is that for a lot of us, it's like we are just able to afford it. Yeah. Um, and so there is almost this guilt about when you think about money. Yeah. There's almost this guilt about like my parents are spending so much yeah. money on me. Mm. And you almost feel selfish yeah. because you like, well, I've, I've dealt with that. Uh, feeling almost selfish for yeah. letting my parents, letting quote-unquote, um, my parents pay for, for it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also very grateful that, yeah. you know, that I've been able to experience this because it has completely changed everything mm. in, in a positive way. Yeah. I, am, I do think I've learned a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think back, Aww. do you ever think um, to yourself, like, what, what would have happened if I stayed in Indo- Indonesia yeah, or Mexico? And it, it's, a, it's a weird thing to think about because, like, for example, in Mexico, we have we, yeah. we we deal with a lot of machismo, and What's there's that? a uh, machismo is like it's this ideal like really archaic uh, way of thinking uh-huh. of like a man's a man and okay. a man has to do manly things, mm. and part of this machismo culture is like there's a lot of looking down women and disrespecting right. women. Mm. Um, and in Mexico, we have a huge issue with that, mm-hmm. right? And I do wonder if, like... Because being outside mm-hmm. of Mexico, mm-hmm. being exposed to things like feminism and all these like yeah. different ways of thinking, I do... I feel like I've sort of... I'm more, like, liberal, more yeah. progressive in that regard. But I do feel like... I do ask myself, like, had I stayed in Mexico, would I have been... Maybe not, like, machista, mm-hmm. but more tolerating or more like less critical of him yeah i would say like i don't know but i feel like if i did like study back home like 
in terms of like art majors, there's not yeah. a lot. Mm. Like, um, I get to explore so many art majors here, and like, yeah. um, I get to experience other art cultures too. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to like continue my um, and pursue my dreams here in UK. Yeah, and sure. one thing though about like, um, I agree with you saying like you feel like quite selfish and sometimes I felt the same way like spending my dad's money but it also gave me like a mindset for me to work hard exactly yeah. and make sure that I don't let him down yeah, and that's a big one yeah and make sure that this is all worth it and prove it to him later on yeah for, yeah, yeah absolutely I completely agree with that <laughs> Okay, well, um, that's all the time we have for today. Thank, uh, thank you, you for very much. Me. Yeah, no, thank you for being here. It's been <laughs> great. And thank you for everyone who's listening. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Globetrotters to keep up with any developments of the show. Until next week, bye. Bye.